Good morning, church. So, um, it seems like when, when people get up here, they make a promise. It's only going to be 20 minutes. So, I, I'm not going to make that promise because I brought my own lunch today. So, I hope you guys are ready for a long one. <laughs> no, seriously, it's, it's not going to be that long. But I, I thought I'd, I'd start it by saying, just relax and enjoy and like Sophisa preached, it's, it's a bit different when, when somebody prays for the person standing here and he speaks so highly. And I, I prayed for Sophisa a while ago when he was going to preach. And you're thinking, I hope I don't let the people down this morning. <laughs> so welcome to the people online. I wish you could be here. You should really join us sometime. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump straight into it. And um, our message this morning is... What is in your hands? And it's, it's something that's been on my heart for a while, and I've been praying into it. So I really hope that you receive this message this morning from the Lord as well. So how many times have you looked around at other people and um, you think, Lord, if only I had that job, then, then I can really serve you. Or, Lord, if, if I had those finances... I can, I can really uh, start blessing the church and blessing the community. And if, if I only had that bigger house, I'd, I'd be more relaxed and I can, I can do more for you. And we, we always, we tend to, to look around at what we don't have. And we forget what we have, what is in our hands. And um, last week, Peter, Peter brought up a, a little church that hasn't been paying their pastor for, for quite a while. Um, I think, if I recall, it was over two years that they didn't pay um, their, their pastor. And he said that he told them to, to put it in their plan so that they, they plan to start paying the pastor. And eventually they did. And I, I think they started paying him 100 Rand, if, if I recall correctly. Um, so where did that money come from? Did, did people all of a sudden start giving more because they, they planned to give more? Or was there enough finances to pay the pastor in the first place? Or was it because they paid the pastor that they were blessed to pay all their other things and still have enough money to pay the pastor? So it's once again, it comes back to what we have and are we good stewards of what we have? So um, on, on this topic, have you ever negotiated with the Lord? Have you ever been at that point where you, you, you pray, you, you pray to the Lord and say, Lord, if you give me that, then I will give you this. I've done it. I remember many times growing up in school, Lord, you know what? If, if only I can get that new surfboard for, for, for Christmas, then I'll be in Sunday school every Sunday. And, and my mother can testify to that, that that wasn't true. <laughs> I, I used that same board to go surfing on a Sunday and have an encounter with a shark. So <laughs> it was, um, yeah, but we, we sort of, we, we do that. We, we pray and we say, Lord, if only I can make this first team this season, then, Lord, I will be good. 
I, I will never cuss again. Or, Lord, you know what? If only I can pass this test, the next one I'm going to study for even harder. And, and we do these negotiations with, with our Lord. And um, I put this one in, but who has ever thought, you know what, Lord, if, if I can just win a tithe, I will plant a church. I will, I will, we, we negotiate our way through life and, and through our, our own needs, and we forget what we have. So um, when I was thinking about that, I thought, I wonder if there's people that negotiated in the Bible, and there's more than one example. And uh, a good one is Gideon. The, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him that he needs to go out and fight the Amalekites. And it was a face-to-face encounter with the Lord's angel. It was a verbal encounter. It was interaction. And, and this morning, Lorraine, while we were praying, she had a word saying that, we should, we should be more tuned in. We, we, we want to hear the Lord speak to us. And there, there is a prime example of God talking to Gideon. And the first thing he did was make an excuse. Lord, uh, I come from the smallest tribe, and I'm the least in my tribe. And, and we do this. We, we crave that encounter to have that one-on-one with the Lord, to hear his audible voice. Charlotte, Charlotte preached about it a while ago where Moses had his first encounter with, with the Lord through the burning bush. And the first thing he did was started making excuses. And I mean, that was, that was an audible voice speaking to him. So how much do we really need our Father to talk to us before we actually engage and we actually Accept what he is saying to us. Sorry. So Gideon, um, yeah, he, he had this encounter and then he, he asked for a sign. And he went and he got some meat and he did an offering and the angel touched it and the fire consumed the offering. So, I mean, there, there was a sign. He needed nothing more than that. But then he had to negotiate. He had to say, Lord, what if, if you are saying is true, then I will put out a fleece and, and let the fleece be wet and let the ground around it be dry. And the Lord did that. So he negotiated just to make sure that this is a message from the Lord, even though it was a face-to-face encounter, an audible voice from the Father. And then... The Lord did that. And what did he do? Lord, I have to negotiate one more time. Don't be angry. Just, just one more time. Just, just humor me one more time. If I put the fleece out again, let the ground be dry and the fleece be, dry, uh, and the fleece be wet. And that's exactly what happened. So how many times does the Lord have to speak to us before we start listening? And, and serving the Lord is not a negotiation. It's not something that, Lord, if you do this for me, I will do that for you. The Lord loves us unconditionally. And we need to do the same. We need to worship Him and love Him unconditionally 
in everything that we do. So the 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 songs we sang this morning was was so uh, amazing as well. It's it's a heart of worship. So it's it's out of our hearts, out of our insides. And when Colin prayed for me this morning, it was it was the same thing. He he prayed for the message to come out of my heart. So it's the Lord's message, not not my message. So surely we all think if 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 we want the Lord to speak to us directly, that okay, now we'll listen. It it mustn't be that scripture late at night that mustn't be that whisper we want to hear that audible voice now I've, I've never heard the audible voice of our father and i think i would do a lot more than than what moses did at the burning bush when when he had that encounter and he 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 got afraid and he started making excuses i'm i'm pretty sure i'll be like one of those cartoon characters like the roadrunner i'll you'll just see dust behind me i'll be gone um so I think we, we all wish for that encounter, to have that one-on-one with the Lord. But it's not as far as you think it is. You just need to be tuned in to hear what the Lord has to say to us. And, and when Charlotte brought up that, that scripture where the Lord spoke to Moses, and the first thing he did was make excuses, and, and she said it. She actually said that we wish for that audible voice we just to be sure the message is from the lord and and we are not mistaken in 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 the message that we hear and i'm pretty sure that we can all justify our excuses when when we do hear that message from the lord or through the holy spirit while we're singing and we get a message and was that the lord was that not the lord i don't know maybe maybe not and and we can probably all make excuses. We all have shortcomings. We all have different disabilities, and we all have different talents. But we, um, we, we tend to make excuses, and sometimes they are justifiable. Uh, in our own minds, at the very least, they are justifiable. And this brings us to our first point. So if you, if you are making notes, the first point is, is the same as uh, our message. Um, it is what is in your hand. So what do you have? And um, just to, to paint the picture, not to go into too much of scriptures. When the Lord encountered Moses and the burning, at the burning bush, and he started talking to him, the first thing he did was make the excuses. And, Lord, I, I can't speak. And um, what if the crowd doesn't believe me when I go back? And that brings us to, to our first scripture. It's Exodus 4, verse 1 and 2. Um, we got it. Okay. So Moses answered, what if, we do, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord answered him, What is in your hand? A staff, he replied. And that, that may sound insignificant. There was a staff in his hand. But the significance of that is God didn't give him the staff. He didn't say to him, go fetch a staff or go pick up a staff or go create a staff for yourself. He already had the staff in his hand. So the Lord was going to use what he already had in his hand. Our father didn't 
give us extra talents. He's asking us to use what he's already given us. And we all have different talents. We all have different things. We all have different shortcomings. And I, like I said, I've made excuses. We can all make excuses for what we don't have. But we must use what we have. So, the, exactly like Gideon, the same thing. If, if you go and read that scripture in Judges 6, when the angel appeared to him, his words was, Go, uh, Gideon, go in the strength you have. So once again, it's the strength he already had. Yes, the Lord went with him, but he didn't give him extra strength. He had the strength in him already, even though he was making excuses and saying, I am the weakest um, of my tribe, so use somebody else. And when God spoke to Samuel, he, he did the same sort of thing. Um, God spoke to Samuel and he, and he said to him that he had rejected Saul and he has a new king in mind and he has an anoint and he must go and find this king. So he sent him to, to Jesse of Bethlehem because he, the, our father had chosen a son of Jesse. And, and this brings us to our second point. God looks at what is in the heart. And if we can go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 and 7. There we go. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but Lord looks at at the heart. Our Father looks at our hearts. He doesn't care how big we are, how strong we are, and, and it's, it's so fitting how Sophisa prayed this morning. It's not, it's not about my stature standing here. It's about our Lord being with me. So it's not about my strength. It's not in me to stand here. And, and one day I may share a little bit of my own testimony, but it's not in me to stand here this morning. It is, it is only through him that I'm bringing this word. It is not me. I'm just the vessel that's being used this morning to bring this word. So our God looks at our hearts, not, not our outer appearances. Our God doesn't care if we are big or small or tall or short or fat or thin. Those are the outward appearances. That's what we look at as people. God looks at our hearts. He looks at what is inside. And all he asks is a willing heart. He asks for us to be willing to, to go out and spread his word and do his work. It's only us that are, that are short-sighted and, and can't see our own potential. And once again, I'm, I'm not going to go into the scripture, but we all know the story about the two fish and the five loaves of bread. And, and just to put that into context, uh, John the Baptist had just been killed, and Jesus wanted to go to a, a secluded area. So he left, and he headed to a secluded area with his disciples. But on the way there, people started following. And they did end up in a, in a fairly secluded area. And... 
Jesus asked these disciples, where can we get bread to feed these people? And if you go and read that, that scripture, it says it was a test. God or Jesus already knew they're in a secluded area. Where are they going to find bread to feed 5,000 men? He knew that it was outside of their means to, to feed the crowd. And, and immediately the disciples said, well, we can't. There's no shops and it would take a half a year's wages to give everybody just one bite. So immediately we, we started making excuses. And you can argue that it was justifiable. You can argue that they were just pointing out the reality, the fact that there are no shops, they don't have the wages, they don't have the means to feed these people. And um, the, the interesting thing about that is it, it says that the Lord already knew what he had planned. Our Father already knows what he has planned for us. It's us that need to step into that. So I want to bring up a... It's, it's a bit of a contentious person or individual. And I'm, I'm so glad that I wasn't the judge in this case. But Oscar Pistorius and, um, and his life story, at the, at the age of only 11 months old, he had both his feet amputated. And I am pretty sure that at that age, he didn't know any better. But his parents did. They knew that this is a massive blow to this individual's life. And I think the last thing that they had on their mind on that day was their son is going to be an Olympic champion. That was definitely not on their mind. I, I'm pretty sure their only concern was, will he survive? Will he get better? And will he be able to walk one day? I am pretty sure they didn't think that, you know what, this, this child is going to grow up to be an Olympic champion. But once again, if we go to, back to, to the disciples and the situation that they found themselves in, we, we get to the third point that I want to talk about this morning is put what you have in God's hands. So after they made their excuses that we don't have bread, we don't have wages, there's no facilities, we can't get any bread for them, one of the disciples found a little boy that had two fish and five loaves of bread. And the scripture says that the Lord asked them to give it to him. So the boy had to physically take what he had and put it into God's hands. And then Jesus prayed about it. He looked up at the heavens and he prayed for what was in his hands. But the action first was for the boy to take what he had and put it into God's hands for it to, to be able to, to multiply. And we know the story. Um, Jesus gave it back. He gave back what was placed in his hands, and it was divided amongst the people. And 12 baskets still was left over after everybody ate. So the, the significance there is the boy already had something to offer. But he had to put it in God's hands first for it to multiply. Okay. So that's, that's what our father asks from us. It's not a negotiation. He doesn't ask us or 
we, we shouldn't ask the Lord to give us something so that we can give something back. We already have something. He's already given us all our talents. And it may even be a disability that we can use for, for his glorification. Um, Oscar had two feet amputated, and still he was able to become an Olympic champion. He used what he had left to achieve a, a goal. And that's, that's what it is about. So that brings us to my last point this morning is, what is the potential inside you? And this is where the apple comes in. If you, if you look at this apple this morning, it's not, not very big, not really a meal, um, maybe a snack or an in-between lunch or something. And that's all this apple really represents at the moment. And you can look deeper at it. You can look, and I, I, I did bring a knife, but I'm not going to cut it open this morning. But inside the apple, um, there are seeds. And I, I just thought I wouldn't cut it open, so just to go on a bit of a sidetrack. I'm busy renovating a property, and I've managed to cut myself several times in the last few weeks. So <laughs> I, I know Tim always says he's not a very good handyman. I, I consider myself a good handyman, but, yeah, it's, it's let me down a few times. So I didn't think it would be appropriate to start cutting the apple this morning. But inside that apple, there are seeds. And we all have the ability to, to measure, to weigh, to see the apple, and to count the apple. And we can, even, we can even look inside, and we can look at the seeds, and we can count the seeds. And it's within us to do that. But what happens if we plant those seeds? If we take what is inside, and we plant it, and we are faithful with what we have been given, there's the opportunity to grow many trees, and to have many apples, and to feed many people. But it all comes from what is inside, and inside is only a small seed. And like we have the ability to, to see the apple, count the apples, we can even count the apples on the trees. But our Father has the ability to count the apples that's inside the seed. So He knows what our potential is. He knows what He has put in us. If we are faithful with a seed... He will provide the rest. So, yeah. Um, it is, it's sometimes, it's, it's, it's our own weaknesses. We don't see our own potential. We see what, what other people have. And we think, if, if only I had that, then it would be good. I can serve the Lord. I can tithe. I can, uh, I'll have more time to go to church. So I can do all these all these things that if, if I only had more. And it, it's the same thing once again. Um, and I come back to Charlotte because she did an amazing series. Um, Joshua and Caleb went out to the promised land. And they, they had a look at the promised land with, with all the other spies that went. And only those two people came back with a positive report. They had different eyes. And, and once again, we, we sang it this morning, is open our eyes 
Actually, I think it was playing before we, were, before we started worshiping this morning. So open the eyes of my heart, Lord, so that we can see what you see. We can see inside ourselves what you see in us, what you have placed within us. So we need to just step into our potential because it's already been given to us. We have the staff in our hands. We can go in our own strength because we already have the strength. As long as we go with the Lord, we already have the ability to, to go out. And then the thing with this apple is once you plant that seed, the tree doesn't come up the next day. An average apple tree takes around eight years before it starts actually producing fruit. And when it starts producing fruit, it's not an amazing harvest. It starts slowly. So once we start planting those seeds and we don't see the results immediately, we have to be faithful with it and wait so that we come into our season where there will be abundance. So that's basically the, the end of my sermon this morning. But I, I'd like to do one more scripture and, and it, it's actually so fitting this morning as we have baptisms taking place after the, the service. And that's, that's, that's an amazing commitment that we can do with our Lord. And, and the scripture actually fits in so perfectly. It's Luke 23, verse 44 to 49. And, and the headline of this is the death of Jesus. And you may think, but how does that now fit into the sermon or with baptisms? But let's read it. Verse 44. It was now about noon. The darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So Jesus put what he had, the only thing he had left at that stage was his spirit into the Father's hands. So in his last voice, he committed himself into the Father's hands. And that that is so fitting this morning when we do baptisms. It is a new commitment that you are making to the Lord to wash away your old self, to remove your sins from you, and to make a new commitment, and to put what you have into our Father's hands. So that is my message this morning.